Nomai Hairumai, and welcome to CircuitCast. Ko Thomas and Slay Tokuingwa, and I'm your host today here in lovely Otutahi. I'm here with the artists Steve Carr and Christian Lamont, and I'm chatting about their recently open show at Te Uru entitled Fading to the Sky. Namahi Mahana for being with me here today. So firstly, to introduce Steve, Steve is an artist working across film, photography and sculpture and other media who has exhibited extensively in Aotearoa and overseas. Early in 2020, Steve held the prestigious Colin McCann House Residency in Titirangi and he is a senior lecturer in film at the University of Canterbury. Kia ora, Steve. Kia ora. Christian Lamont is an artist who tests the sculptural and emotional possibilities of film and light. He recently completed his MFA in Fine Arts at Islam, and you majored in film, is that right? Uh, yes. Yeah. And he was supervised by Steve, who's sitting next to him on the couch. Late last year, Christian showed new work at his solo exhibition 400 Lux at Hot Lunch, an artist-run initiative in Ototahi. Kia ora, Christian. Kia ora. To describe the show a little bit for our listeners, Fading to the Sky brings together photographs and videos by Steve and also sculptural and filmic work by you, Christian. The show includes, I think, 15 photographs taken of Steve on the day that his mother passed away, as well as two older moving image works, Winter Feeding and American Night. These are exhibited alongside light-based sculpture by Christian that inhabits the windows and the lights and the ventilation grills of Te Uru. It's a really small room, but there's a lot of work in it. So I wanted to start with a question for you, Steve. The photographs in the show are images of you cradling an apple. And I just wanted to ask why you included the apple and what does it kind of represent for you in the show? The apple itself is something that's very symbolic, obviously, but I almost wanted to use the apple in a way that it became just a sculptural connection. Like the actual work itself came from something that my son did during lockdown where we were playing outside and he was eating an apple and he just sort of put it on my shoulder so that it wouldn't get dirty from being on the ground and then and ran away. And my wife was with me at the time and, and she noted that it kind of looked really interesting this sort of this logical placement but also the balance and things like that um mm. i've done lots of work as well that have dealt with symbology of of apples in particular and other food and fruit and things like that as well but yeah, yeah for that it was more of a way that the object would integrate with the body so it didn't ha- it could have been any object really right but i guess i quite like the idea that it's something that has been so often utilised through still life or things like that, which is so heavily about about life and, and death and even the apple falling far from the tree, the sort of father-son moment, and then in this case the, the mother-son connection as well. So I guess I was really aware of those quite obvious symbology, but wanting to be more of a reference in a way to some of those sort of 70s performative works. Like when I first made the work, it really reminded me of something like Baltasari's Red Balls in a Blue Sky. I don't know that work. Can you explain it a little so bit? So it's, it's simply, I think it's, it's either 24 or 36 shots, a, a roll of film. He's throwing balls into the sky and he's taking a photograph and trying to capture them within the frame. So they kind of make these lovely natural compositions. And the same thing with, with my work, it's also about 
the series of works. And I don't even really see them as photographs. I just see them as documents mm. of a performative moment. The works were shot by my wife at McCann House on an iPhone. So that's why they're quite dark. I went through a few different processes. I reshot them and did all these sorts of things when I got back to Christchurch, but they just didn't have the same sense. As you mentioned, it was actually it was the first day after uh, mum passed away. Right. So it was kind of a work that I made in the studio just to keep making work. I didn't yeah. really consider it as work, but there was something, yeah, there's something very honest about it, something that just came through yeah. in those photographs, which couldn't be captured again without overplaying it as well. Sure. But I was also thinking about product displays and, oh, right. and stock footage and I was playing with that sort of stuff that led me to that work. I was looking at this idea of how when people hold objects, they display them. So the body takes on like a second part to it mm. or a background to it. So that's where I was wanting to make a work that was going to be where the body and the object were connected more. I was thinking, looking at those images, also the fact that they were taken by your partner, it feels almost like a little conversation between those two participants, the subject and the photographer as well, in the sequence. Yeah, completely. Well, I, I, with all my work, I generally outsource and I use, I work with people for those particular skills. Ironically, Anna worked for, she was the head of jewellery and, and webs. So one of her jobs was, you know, making catalogues and placing jewellery in, in really interesting ways for these catalogues. So she, she was kind of the right person for that job as well. So yes. she would kind of, she would sort of place the apple and, and get me to move in a certain way. Which is, you know, because I can't really tell what the photograph is looking like. But I can, yeah. so I sort of more of a sense about when the, the apple's weight or form felt like it was in the right place. Just to backtrack slightly, I was going to say to both of you that it's quite unusual to see a collaboration between a lecturer and their student at an exhibition in a public gallery. I was trying to think if I had seen anything similar before and I couldn't think of an example. So I just wondered if you might talk a little bit about how the show came about and how your collaboration came about. Steve approached me about it because he was um, my supervisor last year when I was doing my honours degree. Sure. He just approached me, asked me about it halfway through the year and... I thought it would be an amazing opportunity, so I wanted to take him up on it. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, Christian just graduated, uh, so I, I, I know Christian's work really well, mm -hmm. and I felt like it would, would work with the space really beautifully, actually. And I wanted to make an exhibition that was a really different way of working for me, and I wanted it to be really collaborative. In fact, to the point where I could just imagine the show where all the works infiltrated each other or no particular work had dominance because I, I knew I wanted to show the, the photographic series mm -hmm. but I, you know, I, I don't even call it a photographic series it's, you know, so I didn't want to set it up as a pure photographic show here's an artist that activates a space and changes the light which could be a problem <laughs> for a lot of other artists but I wanted to turn that into a really positive thing by, by letting go of sort of preciousness around presenting works as artefacts, I guess, and just letting it be an entire show. I guess going back to Bolsari, he did work with students. And I guess there was, for me, I don't know if it was at the time, but certainly in reflecting when the work really became about mum, I was kind of, a, I was really interested in the fact that there's this sort of 
mentoring from mum to me and, and, and not that I'm saying you're, I'm your dad, but uh, <laughs> yeah. there is that kind of, the passing on of knowledge sure. that, that's there and I was kind of aware of that kind yeah. of being there. The subject matter of the show about your mother's passing, Steve, it's quite a big topic and, and I just wondered, Christian, how you sort of approached working with Steve, mm-hmm. how you sort of conceptually made space in the show. I mean... When he brought it up, it was quite like a heavy topic. I didn't really know how to approach it. We had that first initial meeting and that's when I found out about what had happened. Mm. It was always in the back of my mind, but when I do see a space, like I kind of just know from the way it looks and the architectural features that I want to like highlight and use as my art. Right. So I kind of just like, this is what I want to do and hopefully that translates and works well with what Steve wants. Mm-hmm. But he was, yeah, very open to anything that I wanted to do like there's no stopping and I think your your work is really emotive as well so I kind of felt like anything you would do would build an atmosphere I think you were probably aware of that as well it wasn't like (laughs) what's mum's favourite colour or any of that kind of stuff it was yeah it was more like I think how did you decide on the colours in the end I guess when I have done projects in the past and works I've done I've kind of focused on colours around the sky and time and passing of time. Mm. So that's why I kind of leaned more towards the oranges and the yellows and the purples, kind of that transitional period between like day and night. Mm-hmm. And especially with doing a work for the first time, kind of like, I mean, for me, like in a big gallery, I wanted to do something that I knew would be received well. And I have worked with these colours before and right. they have been the most well-received works that I have done. I wanted something that could work well in the space and work well with like viewers and people in there and like the calming effects that they have and Mm. the feelings and the tones that they would give viewers. It's really interesting that there's a palette that seems more popular with people than Mm. other colours. I Mm. mean, obviously colour is emotive in certain ways, but that's really interesting that when you say there were shows that have been really well received, but there are certain colours that give people a certain sense of well-being or something from being in the space. You've certainly done works or colour palettes which is opposite to that. Christian's final presentation last year was pink. Was it pink? Um, I filled the space with this like very intense green colour. Okay. Yeah. Um, but in relation to the pink, when you would enter the space and the period of time that you would spend in there, as you would exit, it would kind of the white kind of balance in your eye would adjust, right. changing the space on the outside to a pink colour. So it kind of like as you would leave, it would stay with you. And then there were a few people who found it quite disturbing but other people quite enjoyed the experience but I mean yeah playing with people's visual is yeah quite terrifying shouldn't sure. <laughs> yeah but um yeah because yeah you would leave and like how long is this going to last and then it would only be like a minute or so until your eyes adjust back to the right. natural color outside and the light but, yeah, yeah so the memory of the color stayed with people sort of optically yeah as they left yeah just while you have the mic Christian so oh, the, yes. the works in fading to the sky they are in the ventilation grills, is that right? Mm-hmm. And behind the window mm-hmm. and in the actual lighting system of the gallery, is that right? Uh, the not, the, lights? not the no. overhead lights. Okay. The window and the grates were the works that I was focusing on within the space. And then there are two screens in the corner that yes. are my works. So it's a double channel video work, is that right? Mm-hmm. In the corner. Is a new work for the, the show? It's kind of been the process, like it's something that I've used in multiple shows and the way I film it and it kind of relation to the colours within the space right. and creating like shapes and patterns. So these two video works were made for this show. 
but it is something that I have used. A similar, yeah. yeah, cool. I was going to ask you both, I had a quick look at the text that the gallery produced alongside the show, and to quote from that, both artists employ cinematic concepts to create installations that invoke mood and meaning in a way that is evocative and intimate. I wondered if you might be able to both unpack this statement a little bit. What kind of cinematic concepts do you see at play in the show? I guess for me, with a cinematic concept, it's definitely uh, lighting. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah, the way like light can like affect tonally in the mood of a scene in cinema. It's something that's like kind of wanted to translate into a space. Mm-hmm. The kind of tonal shift when like you walk into the space and then you're kind of overwhelmed with the experience. How about you, Steve? Yeah, well, I guess continuing on from the light, but cinematic time as well. So the Christian's lights representing different times of day, the lighting of, of the photographs, mm-hmm. that sort of darken light, they sort of set different times of day. And of course, when you walk into the space, that changes depending on what the time of day or the, or the kind of external light is, is happening at the time as well. Mm-hmm. American Night, the little bird that's, that sings there, that, that's got the theatre lights that go through 24 hours within eight minutes. So it's sort of sped up time, but it's slowed down as well. The lighting of American Night, one of your older video works, I want to say from memory, that's got a similar hue to the palette that Christian used to cr- in the space. Is that correct? Yeah. So look, I guess the thing... With all the works, they overlap each other, mm. you know, and, and that the one of the reasons why I put American Night at the end of the series of photographs was this just it interrupted that kind of line as well. It also gave a, an entry point when you walked across that bridge that you mentioned earlier. All the works interact with each other. Mm. But yeah, that work did have the same colour palette because, as Christian mentioned, his light referenced the kind of twilight, the, the morning light and, and the midday light as well, which is what that film does. Mm. Both those older works that I've put into the show, Winter Feeding and, and American Night, the older works that were both directly connected to mum. Right. Winter Feeding, the bird fat one, is, is something that she would do. She, she would feed these wax eyes, beef lard through the winter and they would eat away at the the fat and she would love the sort of these sculptures that they left behind so she'd take photographs of those and she'd she'd make us a a calendar every year for Christmas with wow. these photographs I just kind of love that she did that and they they are really beautiful things yeah. and so I asked her to make a series of these for me and it was yeah made those for a show in Melbourne and the American Night is yeah, that that's mum. You know, her her nickname was Sparrow, and and she she was involved in costume design. So the backdrop of that film is from the Mayfair Theatre in Dunedin, and it was from uh, Miss Saigon, which was the last last right. production she did. So there's definitely direct connections to her through that work. But yeah, so in a funny way, all these works which were directly about mum, that's why they kind of made the cut in a, in a sense. But they also formally or conceptually fed in directly to what Christian was trying to do as well. Yeah, So, and because both of those are slightly older video works, is that correct? Yeah. They sort of take on a new meanings in the new context and alongside Christian's work from their previous yeah. incarnations. Well, yeah, both were made uh, when mum was alive and, and or collaborated with mum. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the bird feeding one is a collaboration with mum and me. And I think it's always really interesting to re-look at older work and represent them because in this presentation, 
it was almost like a hologram and with it floating and like you say with the recontextualization of what the show's about it certainly felt more somber perhaps mm. the whole show felt yeah felt quite somber and the other thing i which happened which is because of working with christian which i'm really excited about was the sort of he gave me the confidence to have these photographs in a darkened space i was kind of excited and nervous about presenting works that you know, it's quite unusual to see photographs which you can't quite see yes, properly yeah. and that you want to get closer and maybe you want to pull up the blinds of Christian <laughs> sculpture and, and, and have a look at them. But they, I, don't, I haven't heard, there haven't been any complaints around. I think people understand that it, that's the work. It's not like a sabotage of the work, but it, it's not necessary to see all the detail. Yeah. When photography is so often about capturing detail mm. and presenting that detail back. And I certainly wasn't going to like the show in the end with the spotlights so that my work could be seen better. Sure. Um, so we ended up dimming the lights right back and actually lighting just below the works. So then it became, yeah, it became a really beautiful part to the show. It sort of activated the wall, all decisions that we made together as well. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. that's really fascinating, that idea of slight obscurity for something which in a gallery you would you'd normally expect, as you say, to be bright and super clear. That's a cinematic device as well. You know, the idea of obscuring to build tension is you, you drop that lighting. You make people kind of struggle to see what's there. Yeah. That's, that's a kind of cinematic device in itself. Yeah. I was reading an essay, um, Steve, with Mark Williams a number of years ago for Circuit. And you talked about film as another way of dealing with materiality. And I was thinking about that in relation to your show, the kind of tension between the media that depicts or describes things that you can't touch or feel. And I was also having a look at some images online, Christian, of your show at Hot Lunch. And I wondered if you might talk a little bit about how you used brass and copper and aluminium and those sculptural elements in the show in relation to the light, that more ephemeral media. I guess uh, in relation to the types of metal, that was another sculptural aspect of the space, uh, the tones that I wanted to pick up with the metal using like the brown, um, the golds and stuff to relate to time and the sky. But with like the folds and the bends, the sheets I wanted them to be kind of sculptural and kind of reflect the space and bounce the light off them to kind of activate the space a bit more Mm -hmm. yeah and in relation to fading to the sky the ventilation works I felt did that in a sort of smallish way with the filtering effect that the actual ventilation grills had on the way the light and inhabited the gallery yeah with the vents that was kind of like an architectural element that I wanted to play with and then the relation between the ventilation and the blinds kind of having that same look and shape to them Mm. kind of tying those two together but yeah and filtering the light as well through the blinds to kind of soften it and have kind of more of like a control over how bright and intense light can be within the space. Sure yeah. Steve I wondered if you might talk a little bit about what it was just like to be the resident at the McCann house as lockdown happened and I just thought that would be quite interesting to hear about your experience there. Yeah it's an incredible residency I certainly encourage anyone to apply for it. It's amazing space, amazing people. Yeah it was a kind of a a very strange time for me with my mum deteriorating and being on residency even with kids was quite hard. It's the first residency I'd had with, with two kids. And sort of navigating that part was kind of tricky. Sort of sure. Residencies in the past have been, for me, about getting up when I want to and, and, yeah. and staying up 
really late and letting ideas just sort of filter in and yeah. walking and getting to know the city and all that kind of stuff yeah. where this became more about allocating studio time sure. so I felt like I had a lot of writer's block and and putting pressure on myself to try and think of ideas and and really struggling there because of because of all the situations with, with what was happening yeah. with mum and what and the kids and all these sort of things and the fact that residencies are really challenging and particularly in those first months that's just something that's part and parcel of, of them but yeah, we also, you know, a lot of people say this, and but you know, I think there are some of us who were very lucky, and I think we we were one of those people that were quite blessed and where we were during lockdown. Carnhouse is in French Bay, which is a very beautiful part of the country, and Carnhouse let us stay on another month. Couldn't I couldn't do anything, and I guess I just relaxed into it, and yeah. suddenly the ideas started flowing, and things started having a lot more clarity and I stopped trying to get into the studio and, and just going for walks and things just got a lot better in terms of the work. Yeah, amazing, amazing team. They, they have a really lovely balance of helping you achieve what you want to achieve, setting up opportunities where you can respond to things, mm. whether that be through the artist edition or the or the dinner that they do where you kind of they give you some, some money to do, do a project and have a dinner and work with a chef, all those sort of oh, wow. things which can be kind of fun, but also being very generous and aware that you don't have to make lots and lots of work. It's not yeah. about that. It's about, you know, it can be about research or it can be about reflection, whatever you want it to be. And saying that, you have an exhibition that yes. you put together, but that, again, the timeline of that's very flexible. I just wanted to make something pretty quickly from it because of the work that I decided I want to make. And I guess even that, the openness for me to to work with Christian, I, you know, I feel really grateful that they were, that Te Uru and McCann House were more than happy for for me to do that. You know, Christian didn't get the McCann House residency, I did. but and they could have, Maybe one day. But yeah, of course, <laughs> he's already done it. But, um, but you could imagine some people might see that as an obstacle. Yeah, it does sound like there was a lot going on in your life over that time. It must have been, yeah, crazy time as it was for everybody. Yeah, it was. And I guess I've never really been interested in making work that directly personal. And I've avoided that sort of work. And I don't particularly like work <laughs> that, that does that. But I kind of had to be honest with the fact that my work is really responding to things around me. And to not acknowledge it seemed kind of the, the wrong thing to do as well. Yeah. And I hope that I've made a work that even though it's a direct narrative or, an, or a response to an event that's happened, I, I hope that there's an openness to it, that it talks about it talks about death perhaps in, in a more universal way. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was another reason why I wanted Christian involved as well. Because his work wasn't directly about loss for him mm. but it could deepen that narrative perhaps mm. yeah. yeah and sort of enrich the experience of being in the gallery yeah yeah and yeah. change the architectural space i think that the decision to block out the the window with the view <laughs> to, to um and and uh, put the blinds on there i was really excited by that that decision because it made it made it a very internal space. Mm. And Christian, what's up for you this year? Like, uh, what's next? I imagine it's a pretty uh, after finishing your MA, <laughs> it's kind of like a tricky time to negotiate. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think for me personally, I I like the idea of I no, I, yeah, like a break. Sure, yeah. I just feel very kind of <laughs> tapped out. But in saying that, even like that's that was that was my feelings a couple like months ago, but. Uh, yeah, over these couple of weeks, like I've kind of been looking back on the 
art they have made throughout my university years and mm-hmm. getting influence from there and then being able to like go up to, to Uru again and seeing all the shows up there. They've been oh, quite right. inspirational as well. And yeah, just probably I think, yeah, getting more involved in the art community here in Christchurch. Um, I'm not to tell you, but it would be, um, yeah, something that I'm going to try and look into. I don't know. There's a lot of options in the future, potentially for me moving. Right. Which is, I find quite scary, but I don't know, maybe to over to Australia. Yeah. Melbourne. Now there's a bubble. Yeah, the bubble. Yeah, <laughs> go see my mum over there. All should right. be good. Yeah. Is there anything else you, either of you would like to add about this exhibition that we sort of haven't covered that you would really like to say? I was just thinking about, this is me being a lecturer, I think, but <laughs> yes. I, I was just thinking about the changes that I saw in Christian's work, actually. Right. What I really enjoyed about the sort of new direction that Christian made with this work is so often been about the architectural space mm-hmm. whereas this one I really enjoyed that he took the architecture but kind of made more sculptural interventions there and mm-hmm. so like you say the grills they sort of spaces the holes in the ground and, and filling that with light and the, and the window because that window also kind of sets back so the, the blinds sort of cover that so it becomes a sort of light box so mm-hmm. they come these sort of quite sculptural sculptural interventions and the decision to block out part of the windows actually all of the windows in the end I know it was really good to see an openness to change as the installation happened sure, and, yeah. and, and working in that space I thought Christian had some real confidence in pulling back I guess that was my, not my worry but I think that's something that, you know it is a, it is a big opportunity for Christian the show and I think sometimes you want, to, you want to kind of show all your tricks and I think that there was a real restraint and the aspect of the show that you put together so mm. we often have a sort of lighter question to finish the podcast so i was going to ask you both of you yes, steve's like handing that <laughs> handing the microphone over to christian um so i thought in relation to fading to the sky i would ask you both what your favorite time of day was um oof. i don't know why this is so hot hard well i guess that's maybe why i love it the most but like really really early mornings oh yeah that like really intense bright light like, coming up yeah um, nice it's quite nice because yeah i hardly get to see it because usually sleeping in yes <laughs> but um as also the parent of two young children i get to see the dawn quite a lot <laughs> quite familiar yeah i think i think those time of days change with, yeah. with your development of life I, I i had a similar thing to christian when i was you know, out at art school and doing films and getting up really early and picking mm. up gear and it was always a really magical time. Yeah, mine's probably at night when the, <laughs> the kids are in bed <laughs> and you get those yeah, you get those sort of amazing skylines and stuff and yeah. yeah, and that sort of just those moments where you you might be sitting in in the lounge and then suddenly the whole room lights up and, yeah, and it's been it's and because I was I lived in Auckland for a long time and how how this the difference between light and between Auckland and Christchurch is, is kind of amazing mm. it, and of course Wellington every, everywhere looks has their own sort of special kind of uniqueness to it yeah it's always crazy if you're in Dunedin or somewhere in, in summer and you suddenly realise it's like 9.30 or something and it's still sort of bright or sort of dusky it's really sort yeah. of disorienting so Stephen Christian Na Mahi Mahana thank you for joining me today it's been really great chatting with you and congratulations on Fading to the Sky Namahi also to all our listeners. Thank you for tuning in and look out for the next episode of Circuit Cast, which will be coming to you from somewhere in the digital ether soon. Kia ora. <laughs> <laughs>